Hello again. In um, this podcast, it's slightly different to what has gone before in that I want to talk a little bit about um, sharing your work. Now, um, I guess I'll go back to when I started um, taking photographs. It was quite a few years ago now, and everything was either prints or slides. We didn't have the internet. So um, it was a a case of uh, either putting photographs together, maybe in an album to show to uh, friends and family or whoever was interested, or perhaps doing a slideshow with using um, uh, 35mm transparencies and projector and, and all of that stuff, and maybe talking over um, each particular slide. So they were the, the main formats, and clearly things have uh, changed dramatically since then. So these days there are a lot of options when it comes to sharing photographs, and I really want to talk about two aspects of that. One is the means of sharing them. But before I get on to that, I just want to talk about what happens when you share your photographs, because I do offer online training. And um, I do also do a tiny bit of mentoring and coaching on photography. But um, that's I don't do much of that now. But the key thing, one of the things that comes up quite a lot is people are very sensitive about sharing their work, and this may well apply to you. And we're all afraid of rejection. It's just one of the things that we um, that we have to deal with as, as, uh, as people. So we're all afraid of rejection. And these days with things like Facebook and Instagram and um, other social media platforms, uh, sometimes we can get addicted to how many likes a particular photograph gets, and we can feel pretty good about it if we get a lot of likes or a lot of positive comments and conversely we can feel um, like we've made a real mess of things if we don't get many likes at all or we get negative feedback. So I want to talk about that aspect first because the truth of it is that people are not going to like your work. Now in saying that I don't mean everybody. (laughs) So um, the chances are that most people who look at your work, or certainly once you begin to build up a following, they'll like what you produce because your style is the kind of style that will appeal to them. The subjects that you're shooting are the kind of subjects that they like to look at, and maybe they'll feel inspired by what you're doing. Equally, there are other people who just are not into the kind of photography that you're doing, the way you're doing it, or some other aspect of your work. And I think that's really important to just take on board because once you realise that, it becomes less important to getting caught up in how many likes you get and all this kind of stuff. Now, what I will share with you is that I uh, primarily I do wildlife photography, but I like to shoot other things as well. And I like to experiment and try different things out. That's, for me, a lot of the fun and trying out in one area, say, for example, um, urban photography, that might give me ideas when it comes back to doing wildlife. So I might begin to shoot wildlife slightly differently. And I think this is true of um, most photographers, that our style, if you like, the way our work looks, evolves over time because we um, get an idea, we try something out, we look at somebody else's work and we're inspired by that. And we add that back into how we're doing our own photography and then over time our photography changes and that to me is one of the uh, um, aspects of photography that I really enjoy because work I'm doing now and photographs I'm taking now are quite different to what I was taking say 10 years ago 
because I've shot an awful lot of photographs in that time, but also um, I do like to look at other people's work. And um, I get inspired by people on Instagram and uh, elsewhere, just the same as everybody else. So what I really want to say about all that is that um, I've, I'm, when I've tried things out, I might put a photograph up that I really like and it gets very few likes <laughs> and I'm quite disappointed by how many likes I get on Instagram. I normally put a photograph up on Instagram every day unless I'm traveling. And conversely, I'll put a photograph up that I think is pretty boring and uninteresting and yet that gets lots of likes. So what I've found in the time that I've been using Instagram, which is a few years now, um, I find it almost impossible to predict which photographs are going to get a lot of likes. There are some that I think are, you know, like the, the cute young animal shots are definitely going to get lots and they, they disappoint. And the others that I've taken that to me are very ordinary, as I've said, get a lot of likes. So the point of sharing this is really to say to you, if you're using social media platforms as a way of sharing your work, don't get too caught up in the number of likes. Don't take it as an endorsement of what you're doing or basically that you're doing things wrong. If you want to look at the numbers and why you get a certain number of likes, for example, as opposed to, you know, that might be more or less than you're expecting. You might want to have a look at where you're sharing that photograph or even if you've got a photograph that's got a lot of likes, look at what hashtags you're using to promote that particular image. Maybe that's going in front of the right, more the kind of people who like that style. Um, use it as feedback more on how your work is being seen and is it being, are you presenting it in the right places? But don't let it disappoint you. And I, I would say, look, be self-critical to a point with um, what you're doing, but don't be overly critical. You know, don't put yourself down. Just look at, okay, what could I improve on this photograph and, and leave it at that. Don't start picking it apart and looking at what's wrong with it. Just look at what you feel you can improve and, and incorporate next time. And then look at other people, look at what other people are doing, because there are some great photographers out there. They're not all professional photographers. A lot of them don't sell their work. They simply share on um, Instagram. And yet there's some extraordinarily um, talented people there. So that was the thing I really wanted to say, first of all, about how you share your work. Now, the second thing is going back to the options we have. And obviously, I've just been talking about Facebook and Instagram. And there are other platforms that that's by no means the limit. But these are, are very common platforms. And of course, over time, some platforms get less popular and new platforms come up. And, um, it, you know, maybe a lot of people shift across to a, a different platform because it's more appropriate for what they're doing. So my suggestion is to um, perhaps share work over a few platforms, just depending on what your ob object is. If you're looking to um, make a bit of a name, get a reputation, get known uh, maybe for commercial work, then um, you're probably looking at um, paid advertising, among other things. So there's more serious marketing involved there. So whatever social social media platforms you're using would need to be part of a, um, a wider uh, marketing strategy that you're running. And um, that's certainly beyond the um, bounds of this particular podcast. If you're doing it for fun, you just want to share work with friends, then it's great. You, you know, you obviously want to be where your friends are so that you can share your work with them. 
but then you've got other things to, that you can um, think about these days. So you can present um, photographs in a movie form. You can run them together and create a video. You could run that on something like TikTok for a short um, video. You could put it on YouTube. You can put it on other other platforms. So um, you can have music to it. You can get have creative fun with that. You can narrate over the top. You can put captions on if you've got uh, software that allows you to do that. So how you're presenting your work can be quite interesting and to a point it's almost limited by your own um, resources and imagination and what you can get squeeze out of the resources you have but it's worth thinking beyond just putting um, just straight stills up on the social media platform or platforms that you normally uh, use now another medium that I've been dabbling with a little bit is printed books because um, I I mean, it's fine having pictures on a computer, but what I find is I don't often look at them. And in fact, these days when I'm traveling, so I've been traveling uh, recently in the last couple of months, I've made a few trips, but I, I very rarely take photographs unless it's of something I specifically want to take a photograph of. Um, so I was in London um, recently and I was playing with some shots around um, Parliament Square excuse me, and um, I just had some ideas and things I wanted to try out. But just walking around London, I actually gave myself a couple of days just to kind of chill, um, go to some museums, go and visit some other places I'd never been to. I took very few photographs when I was was in those places. And it's simply because um, I, I, I get a bit more focus on what I'm doing, but also with those sort of snapshots, I suppose, is what we would have called them years ago. I just don't look at them again. It's very rare for me to look at them again, so I tend not to uh, shoot them. So having said that I don't like to leave things on the computer and um, I often don't look at photographs on the computer, what are the alternatives? Well, the main one that I've been dabbling with is um, is actually books, photo books, and they can be fun. I've played with um, a couple. I was, used, I was experimenting with Blurb, um, a couple of years ago now, and they do um, various options on books. So you can have different uh, formats. So the book can be a regular kind of portrait format. It can be a landscape format. It can be square pages. So you've got that aspect to um, to play with. Um, the plus for me with Blurb is they have their own software, which you use to set up the book. So you, you can um, take it page by page, what you want on there, photograph, text, um, do you want the photograph to completely fill a page or even two pages? Do you want it to be quite small? You can just play with the layouts. And what I particularly liked about the um, the Blurb software is that if you um, tried to make a photograph too big um, and you began to lose print quality, it would, it would actually warn you and tell you that you, you should reduce the size in order to maintain the um, a good print quality. So, um, and this is where you get into... Um, dots print and stuff like that so um i'm not really going to dive into all of that but um instead of going pixel sprint which you would use on a screen you go dots print when it goes to printing so you just need to understand what's what there that's all in online courses <laughs> so a quick pitch there um so photo books are, are interesting the reason i am not carrying on with blurb is simply that i was looking at uh, making the books commercial as well and the cost of printing the books is um, quite high with Blurb and to me that made the final product as a product I was selling 
just far too expensive. So um, I'm looking at um, some alternatives at the moment. But books, I think, are great because um, you can put a book together with a certain theme. You can It could be purely photographs, no text at all. Or you could put text in. You could tell a story. You could share whatever you want to share. You could share what was in your mind with that photograph, what inspired you to take it, or what you did in post-processing, for example, or even with the whole book. So there, there are many things you can do creatively to get your work across, and it starts to go beyond the individual photograph you can begin to share more of your thoughts your inspirations when it comes to photography so that's one thing I like about it Um, another thing I do are um, prints I like to see photographs up on the walls and that is the main part of my business in fact it's fine art prints and I have a printer in London that I use uh, for that because they use um, museum quality archive quality papers Uh, in fact they're very good they turn things around very quickly they are also very environmentally friendly. Excuse me one moment. <coughs> Excuse me, I just need a quick drink there. Um, so that kind of fits the bill for the business side of it. And I do have prints that they've done for me, and I, I do like them. But just the downside with prints is that you can get so many on a wall, and we've all got so many walls where we live. And um, once you go past that point, you're almost back to the computer scenario because you have to take pictures down if you want to replace them or store them away somewhere. And then you get back to what's the point. So I like the books because you can have books on a coffee table, on a bookshelf, whatever, and just get them out and have a flick through. And I, I've, I mean, I use those kind of books myself for, um, for just inspiration. So that was really what I wanted to say in terms of If you're at a point where you haven't really shared your work or you might share your work with friends on Facebook, for example, but you're interested in going further afield and and making your work more publicly available. And here I'm thinking Instagram, but as I've said, there are other platforms you can use as well. And with Instagram, you promote your your image to a wider audience by using hashtags. Um, So you might have, for example, hashtag wildlife and then anyone who's following that hashtag um, your image will turn up in their um, their Instagram feed now something like that there's generally a lot of images going on that every day so the chances are you might get lucky and people will see it but there's a good chance by the time most people have got onto it your image has disappeared down their feed so you can explore the, the recommendation I'm not going to go into this big time to promote on Instagram is to, to look at um if you actually do a search on, if you look at hashtags, it will tell you, um, I think it's how many images are currently on that tag. And the best thing to do is do a, a mix. And you can do up to, I believe it's still 30 hashtags per post. And it's great to do a mix. So you could do something like a big hashtag, like wildlife photography, for example, which will have millions on it. But then if look at something specific. So it could be giraffes in Africa, for example, or something like that. But think of different ways of describing your image and just looking at what look to see if there's a hashtag available and pop it on there and the idea is just to get a mix of um, hashtags that have a lot of images on there um, something kind of midway maybe in the hundreds of thousands there may be something in the tens of thousands and then go something below a thousand just to get a, a mix and that's one way of starting to build a following with um, Instagram. There's a bit more to it than that, but that might help to start. 
If you're concerned about starting because you don't think your work is good enough, I, I would say, look, just put it out there and see what you get in terms of likes, in terms of comments, um, and but don't take it to heart. View everything constructively. If someone's picking your photograph apart and you haven't asked them to, I tend to ignore that. Uh, I am only interested in feedback from people that I've asked to give me feedback and I choose those people because I like their work and I respect them as photographers and I like their final results. And I want to, to some extent, um, replicate what they do. So I'm interested in getting their feedback and then I'll incorporate that plus my own ideas and that will keep my style developing. So my advice to you is do it now, (laughs) start today. And don't get too caught up, though. Expect to get very few likes at first. Let things build up. And um, if if, people, if you get kind of negative comments, unless you feel they're valid, just ignore them. You can even delete them. If, if you get people who sort of follow you and constantly do it, um, I've, I've never had that, but you can always block people as well. So lots of options there. Okay, so that's it really for this podcast. I hope that's given you some ideas. It's slightly different. It's not really a story so much about things I've done and and behind the scenes, but it is behind the scenes in so much as um, what I like to do with the work that I produce. Uh, Mostly it's more the professional side, but I also have private um, work that I share and also other projects that I work on that are not part of uh, the main wildlife photography. So there are other things that interest me and... um, so this is I, I kind of explore these other ways of presenting work. So that's it. Um, I hope you found that useful. I hope you have a great day and um, enjoy your photography. And I'll speak to you again on uh, another podcast. So uh, bye for now. Just before I go, I want to let you know that there's a couple of ways you can support me if you feel so inclined. Uh, with the podcast Buzzsprout, which is the um, the platform I use for with my podcast. They have a subscription model. So if you feel that you would like to subscribe a few dollars, a few euros, whatever, um, to the podcast, that'd be much appreciated. The other option is my Patreon membership. So if you'd like to become a patron and that starts at the price of a cup of coffee every month, you'll get access to exclusive material, behind the scenes material, photography tips, all this kind of stuff, depending on which tier you're at. So there is some information available through my website and um, also on the, uh, uh, the written text to go with this podcast. So if you choose either one, thank you so much in advance. And whether or not you do, I hope you uh, continue to enjoy the podcast and let other people know about them. Thank you very much. Bye for now.